Welcome to the latest episode of EG Like Sunday Morning. And what a panel we have for you this week. The coolest guy in property, Deputy Editor Tim Burke. The best damn news editor in this or any other industry, Pui Guan Man. And the wonderful, taller than you think, reporter Alex Daniel. I'm honoured to be in the virtual presence of such greatness. Uh, how are you all this Sunday morning? Brilliant, thanks. Good. Rest of you? Yeah. Really great. Really great. Although taller than you think. I mean, best news editor in the world and coolest man in property. <laughs> then taller than you think. Honestly, Jim. It's relative, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm sure more praise will, will come your way uh, later in the podcast, Alex. Um, but uh, first off, let's start with Tim. Uh, and you have some major earnings news this week, Tim, uh, as the industry braces itself for the consequences of soaring inflation. Yes, nice intro. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've been writing about inflation this week, which isn't a particularly cheery topic to be mm. thinking about for anyone at the moment, really. Nope. Um, but it's interesting to see what it means for some of the big big property companies. So this week we had um, we had Landsec and British Land put out their full year results. And most of those numbers, it was kind of smiles all around. They're, they're back in profit. Valuations are recovering from, um, uh, from the plunges that they took during the worst of the pandemic. But they both flagged up this, this real near-term problem of runaway inflation and what it means for build costs, particularly because they've both got these, these whopping great development pipelines. Um, Mark Allen at Landsec reckons uh, over the past year, we've seen cost inflation running at about 6% in the London office market, which is where they're, they're doing most of their deals. Uh, he reckons it's going to be sustained at that for the next year. Uh, British land more generally are pegging it at about 10% in the near term and then moderating but still being pretty high over the next 18 months. And uh, for these guys, the big question is what that means, what that means for the cost of the schemes that they're working on. And both of those companies did a pretty good job, I think, this week, uh, um, painting themselves as being in a good position because they've been lucky enough to be able to lock in a lot of costs with contractors and strike deals to make sure that the projects they've committed to, they already know the costs for and whatever happens, whatever happens over the, ne the next sort of um, weeks, months, years, they've got those prices firmly locked down. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. There was an analyst on... Landsec's presentation this week that questioned whether contractors are going to uh, allow developers to do this anymore, whether they're just going to stop saying that you can lock in prices and you have to face the consequences of whatever happens during that project. Again, you you, you know, you ask Mark Allen, he's not seeing any problems on that front. He, they're a, a lovely big REIT with a huge pipeline that means everyone wants to work with them. They're willing to compromise. Um, they're not going to insist on um, on them swallowing all of the costs. But from the sound of, of what they were being asked, it might not last. And it'll it'll be really telling now whether, maybe not the BLs, maybe not the Landsecs, but whether smaller developers, and you know, you can be you can be medium-sized and pretty hefty in that game, where the slightly smaller developers find they can't lock those prices in anymore. And what that then means for um for developments in London and elsewhere, um, it'll be interesting to see whether some of those are still quite as viable once um prices rocket even further. Who knows? I'm going to use the old cliche, watch this space. <laughs> and uh, Pui, you've also, I mean, this is a massive topic. You've been looking uh, at uh, the impact on development prices and land values as well this week. 
I have, yeah. Well, among among other things, yes. Um, um, one of our one of our um, articles this week looked at um, resi development land mm. um, prices, and um, uh, some some of the good researchers at uh, Knight Frank seem to think um, that it's going to come under pressure uh, this year. Although the outlook, I mean, the short term outlook is looking pretty good, given a sort of uh, the, the squeeze on supply at the moment, but in in the not too distant future, perhaps um, uh, we might expect a little bit of pressure to come. Um, yeah, it's been a busy week for for news in in general. I mean, um, we've oh, had hit us with the highlights. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> among among many, but uh, our fantastic uh, reporter Evelina um, has continued to keep a close eye on all things uh, life sciences. It's a super exciting sector to be in at the moment, and some big schemes out there. So um, some of her stories this week include um, Sutton Council and the Institute of Cancer Researchers hunt for a new investment uh, partner for the next 1.1 million square foot phase of the mega 1.2 billion London Cancer Hub. Uh, and that Oxfam's former HQ in Oxford um, has hit the market. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, stay tuned for, for more uh, life sciences uh, goodies coming your way. And um, and also elsewhere in the world, um, I guess back to Landsec uh, now, who has chosen five agents for a new advisory panel, which actually used to have a whopping 31 firms. So CBRE got the biggest role out of all of those, um, advising across all sectors, while um, Bruce Gillingham Pollard will act on F&B and leisure. Colliers and Time Retail will advise on, oh, hopefully I remember all this, but they're advising <laughs> on uh, clothing and accessories, health and beauty, technology, automotive, and services i think is the last one oh, i bet you um, wish i'd put and, that in the quiz boy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and curzon sowerby will cover home garden and grocery and i think there will be some decisions there that will have caused a bit of a stir in the industry so to borrow um a phrase from tim <laughs> watch this space <laughs> Do it. watch this space time will tell yeah. <laughs> and uh, towering Alex Daniel has also uh, been busy this week looking at the collapse of Urban Splash's modular housing spin-off, um, the imaginatively named house, uh, with possible legal action looming, I gather, Alex. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, it's it's quite a sad story, actually. Urban Splash, you've got to stress that this is not um, Urban Splash Maine going to administration or even a part of Urban Splash. It is now a company that Urban Splash set up and is now just a big investor in, 48% shareholder. But House is a modular housing company based in the Northwest and it went to administration last week. Um, so it's Sunday now, so the week before last, technically. Um, and um, yeah, 160 jobs lost um, immediately. Um, which is very sad. I think the modular housing sector is coming under quite a lot of strain at the moment, partly because a lot of a lot of the supply chain issues that people have been talking about for the last couple of months, but also they were having problems with their main factory for quite a while. Um, this factory in Alfreton, um, in the northwest, um, sort of Derbyshire kind of way, um, where they were kind of having operational issues, according to the administrators. Um, I suspect that means during the pandemic, not enough people were able to come in, um, not in, 
being able to work at capacity and then that compounded with the new sort of cost pressures that they are sort of facing potentially post Brexit, sorry for the B word, um, <laughs> and sort of um, in, the, in the kind of new economic downturn that we find ourselves in as well. Um, I think um, it did for them basically. Um, they're the second uh, company of their type to go under in the last couple of months. Um, there was another one that was um, swiftly bought out um, by an American company. Um, the name actually escapes me right now, um, but um, yeah so so house is no more at the moment administrators are currently looking to work out what to do with all of their assets so their factories they've got a good couple of schemes in the north of england there's one big one in the wirral in liverpool um where they were supplying quite a lot of the housing for that um which would have been all modular um not quite sure what's going to happen to that at the moment mm. um but that's what the administrators are there to try and work out um it's it's a sad story though i think a lot of the there are a few employees who have now started legal proceedings and again i have to stress this is not legal proceedings yet against their former employers mm-hmm. um but they are uh, they've hired lawyers to look into whether they are um eligible for uh, a grant i think from the government or compensation from the government from the insolvency service having not um uh, having potentially they think not having been told um, in enough, not being given enough advance notice about their redundancy consultations. Anyway, breathe. But um, that's the situation. Uh, and yeah, uh, to, to join the throng, uh, watch this space. Uh, but uh, it's unfortunately not the only sad news uh, this week. Uh, Hanky's ready at home, folks, because this is, I'm afraid, Alex's final week at EG. Alex, how are you feeling? <laughs> the silence. Um, it's my final EG like Sunday morning, the saddest event, the saddest Sunday of all Sundays. Um, I'm feeling very sad to be leaving um, and I'll, I'll miss everyone at EG a great deal and miss all the people in the in the London office market a great deal as well there's lots of lots of great people um going around um in uh in this part of the sector and in real estate as a whole um and it's going to be it's going to be sad to sad to leave that all um all behind excited for new beginnings but um definitely um bittersweet and do, do, you we want, have... do you want our readers to do you want our listeners rather to know about your new beginnings or are you saving that for a for a tweet with the personal news and a little row of klaxon the symbols klaxons, across the yeah. top of it do you know what i'm debating i don't think i don't think i want to use the klaxons this time but um, <laughs> but well i mean they'll know tomorrow on the monday so yeah i'm joining um dow jones um which uh has a couple of uk publications it, it's it's um be writing for for financial news which is one of dow jones's uh, mm-hmm. uk news outlets and i'll be writing about tech and cryptocurrency and obviously this is this area is having a completely sort of normal time at the moment slow moving sector exactly i don't know if i will i mean to be fair there might not be a cryptocurrency industry to write about by monday <laughs> by the looks of things so my new job might be in jeopardy. I might come crawling back to all of you yet. We will see. Okay, so right. Imagine this podcast was two weeks ago. 
and mm. I, I would I would have what I've asked you then is that so it's been a bit of an eg like Sunday morning tradition Alex to highlight our age differences on these podcasts <laughs> uh, on, on on occasion and I don't I, no, think I've no, ever no. done this on here no. <laughs> now I am speaking to you as a 44 year old man uh, if I'd started early I I am old enough to be your dad uh, so what I was what I was what I would would have been asking two weeks ago for you was you to sum up very pithily why I a dinosaur and why real estate in general should be excited about cryptocurrencies <laughs> that's very difficult now <laughs> do you know what this is a really tricky question <laughs> It's a really tricky question. I personally am something of a skeptic of the whole area, to be honest. And I think that people should be very careful about cryptocurrencies and blockchain in general and kind of the Web3, as it's called, which is kind of the, you know, the next stage of the Internet that's all based on the blockchain. And um, I suppose real estate, the metaverse is the obvious one. CBRE have got an office in the metaverse, which we talked about several EG Light Sunday mornings mm. ago. Um and people are investing in virtual property, as the great Piers Wayner has explained at length in our magazine <laughs> over the last couple of months. Yeah. Um, I think that's super exciting and weird and something that I will never, ever do. And <laughs> I don't think anyone <laughs> should. <laughs> but... Uh, listeners, it, this does not constitute investment advice, by the way. <laughs> yeah, disclaimer. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, exactly. Uh, what is it? Funds at risk. Um, <laughs> Another uh, thing we've um, noted on EGLSM uh, many times is how, how the recovery of the office market from the pandemic uh, began pretty much the moment that you uh, joined and took on the role of offices reporter. And it's fair to say it's continued in the, the almost 18 months that you've been on board. So uh, I, I have to take this opportunity to, to ask you for a bit of a, a State of the Union address on how you see the market right now uh, and whether it can survive you leaving. Well, this is the issue, right? I mean, the office market is in a very <laughs> healthy place at the moment, actually. Crossrail is about to open, the London office market, that is, at least. Um, mm. But, you know, really across the country, there's a lot of demand for offices, especially if you consider, you know, as we were saying, at the point when I joined EG, sort of deepest, darkest sort of lockdown hell of January 2021, um, people were questioning whether there was a place for offices, whether people would need even sort of three quarters of their office space or even, a, you know, a third or whatever of their existing office space. Um, there was a massive debate going on about the future of it. And I think it's clear now that, especially if you are Jacob Rees-Mogg, um, it's clear <laughs> that we need offices and we need people in offices. And, and, you know, I broadly, I think most people do agree with that, right? I mean, you need some FaceTime and you need to, you need people working together in person um, to be sort of at your maximum capacity as a company, I suppose. Um, that's reflected in people Re in investing again and jumping back into the London office market I think all but the really sort of um, a couple of the really big Far East Asian players are very much back in the game now in terms of investment there's a great deal of demand from occupiers take up is wildly up I think there was record take up in the first quarter of this year um, in central London and even areas like Canary Wharf look to be on the up. I mean, some of their big tenants look very likely to commit to Canary Wharf again. I'm thinking of Clifford Chance and Morgan Stanley. Um, 
if you'd said that 18 months ago that Canary Wharf would be massively bouncing in you know sort of post-pandemic world I think a lot of people would have raised their eyebrows um, and I think that's a real bellwether. Um, to your second point I think all office market professionals should be extremely scared because as of Monday I'm no longer there. <laughs> <laughs> And what it's if I'm, I'm imagining? I'm imagining now that the crypto market is going to bounce back because exactly. recovery recovery just follows you, right? I, I've I've compared Alex is... to Jimmy Olsen before when he's taken photographs of me for the diary page, but he's he's he's, he's, he's actually playing Superman to go around these various industries and and kickstart their recoveries. Absolutely, absolutely. I love it. They yeah. call me the firefighter. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Alex, you've actually been part of EG Like Sunday Morning since the very start, uh, appearing with Tim and I on the first episode back in February 2021. And I know uh, that in the time since, you've always loved the quiz. You've always been a big fan of the quiz, haven't you, Alex? I have loved the quiz. The quiz hasn't <laughs> always loved me, though. <laughs> so just for you, uh, Tim, Pui and I have put our heads together and we've come up with a special quiz that is all about you and your greatest hits here. Oh my so, God. Alex, are you ready <laughs> to play This Is Your EG Life? I'm ready. Okay. I mean... right. these, so these questions are just for you, but if you get them wrong, uh, Tim and Pui can, can, I suppose, jump in and try and steal points. Uh, right. You've had some massive stories about tech giants. Um, in September last year, which social media household name did you report was looking to significantly expand its presence in London? Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, Meta. <laughs> it's called Meta. <laughs> All correct answers. Well done. And in February, uh, you had a big reveal about uh, another major name in computing that was looking to leave Reading for the capital, a story which I believe came as a bit of a shock to their current landlords. Uh, yeah, that was that was Microsoft. That was a fun one. <laughs> their current landlords. I won't go into too much detail, but their their current landlords, who I'm not going to name and shame, were surprised by this and um, asked us to take the story down. I think, <laughs> didn't they, Tim? And uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> let, we say, yeah, I think we might said. know more about this than you. You can, uh, <laughs> listeners, you can still find the story on uh, on YouTube. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Uh, meanwhile, uh, which flexible working company uh, promised signature scents as part of its office portfolio refurbishment program? That's harder. It's quite. Um, is it the? Oh, it's the one that went under and then nearly went under and then. Um, the, is it the Argyle? Um, it is. Well company. done. He knows. He knows his stuff. And um, you're an accomplished EG interviewer. Uh, and your interview with the founding partners of City Fringe Office Agency, Compton, uh, began with discussion of the firm's viral launch video. Uh, can you remember any of the details of that video that you picked out in your intro? That's really, really hard. There was um, uh, Sean Simons uh, fell backwards into a swimming pool. That's Sean, right. if you're listening, I want an invite to your restaurant opening. <laughs> Um, yes, that's right. You, 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 uh, as well, Elliot Stern galloped along a rooftop running track, laptop in hand, uh, and Michael Rabin put the finishing touches to an oil painting of the word lease. Um, <laughs> it's the detail. It's the de it's the powder blue Rolls Royce journalism, isn't it? That's the detail. Uh, and putting a cherry on top, uh, you also have a flair for eye-catching headlines that are eminently tweetable. 
so we, we've picked out a few here. Can, can you fill in the missing words in your own headlines, Alex? Uh, Lord Sugar hopes for blank with London office sale. It's two words. Lord Sugar hopes for blank with London office sale. I can't. I just couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> any, any, anyone want to take a stab at what they would have put in that blank? Lord Sugar. Sweet Pui's deal. Ah, oh, well done, Pui. Well done, Pui. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. <laughs> I think you wrote uh, it, so yeah. It's very good. Even better. That's very good. Uh, <laughs> and and, and Lord Sugar good. is one of your one of your favourites to write about, I believe, Alex. What, Lord Sugar? Mm. Oh, he's a funny man, isn't he? Lord Sugar <laughs> is still is still uh, now writing op-eds for the Metro and, and various other reputable publications about how much he wants people to go back into the office um, <laughs> because his office portfolio is massively struggling. <laughs> Uh, won't someone won't someone just think of Lord Sugar? Come on. <laughs> uh, I, I said to Alex, the, 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 probably the main reason he's, he's upset about it is because you'll have to do the next season of The Apprentice on Zoom uh, <laughs> if everyone's working from home. So. Uh, but Alex, uh, next blank uh, headline question. Dragon's Den Tycoon says blank on Fitzrovia office block. Again, it's two words. Oh, I, I want to say I want to say you're fired, but it's definitely not that, <laughs> is it? Um, I'm I'm in or I'm out. Oh, he saved it at the very last. Uh, he it was I'm out. And uh, the final missing word question: Methodist blank as church seals 14.6 million pound HQ deal. It's two words again. Methodist prayers answered. Correct. Marvellous. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. And uh, to show that you can really do it all, you wrote uh, a brilliant, impassioned leader on the gender pay gap uh, just last month. Uh, what was the depressingly large average gender pay gap across the six largest real estate agencies? Oh, God, that's really hard, isn't it? Um, it's really, really big. It's like 20... I want to say 21%. This was this was an extremely sort of mansplaining leader that really uh, that, that, that I had spent a lot of time worrying about. But um, is it 21%? It was 28? 20. Oh, closer with 28. It was 29.4 in in oh, your leader. But that's really bad, isn't it? Uh, well, you know, uh, it's it's no surprise to to underestimate the uh, the gender pay gap. Um, <laughs> And of course, we couldn't end without a quick fire round on your favourite topic, the Marble Arch Mound. You ready? How high Get was me. the mound, Alex? How high was it? Sixty-one metres. So, no, it was, it was a bit shorter than that. It was twenty-five metres. How much? How much? Did it, how much? <laughs> it was huge. <laughs> Maybe if it was had been that high, Alex, people would have gone to it and climbed it. <laughs> It would have been a massive success. You'd have got a better view for a start. <laughs> you would, uh, you would. How much did it end up costing the public at last count? Uh, six point something, five million. Uh, sounds good to me. And Elad Eisenstein, the director responsible for the Marble Arch Mound, was Westminster City Council's highest paid official before his resignation. What was his annual salary? Oh, God. Uh, I, I really hope poor old Elad Eisenstein, who, who is with this who thought of the mound isn't listening um £227,000 a year that's very specific but it was 220000 which I'm, I'm going to give you because that's, that's fantastic right. and but would it, you believe Alex yeah. uh, to research this I listened back to that history making first episode of EG Like Sunday Morning back in February 2021 and on that podcast 
you talked about none other than the newly appointed Elad Eisenstein. Oh my God, did I uh, say he's then, like a genius or something? <laughs> back then, uh, from what other city and what famous street was he drawing inspiration uh, for his vision for Oxford Street? Oh God, this is really hard. Jess, um, was it like Rotterdam or something? Uh, it, it, I, mean, I mean, it could be Rotterdam or anywhere, uh, Liverpool or Rome, uh, but it was, uh, in fact, uh, Tim, can you remember? I was going to say Amsterdam. Uh, it was it was Paris. Uh, it okay. was the Champs Elysees. <laughs> oh God! Um, did he, was he the one that? So the Champs Elysees was is going to pl- plant loads of trees, isn't it? And that's, that's right. The whole thing. And yeah, that was his did. idea. Yeah. That was a yep. great idea. Why did he go and do that's, the mound? That's, after that? that's how you get the big bucks. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, okay, frankly, and then. That, just is poetic, totally. that is poetic that we were discussing him on the exactly. stage, you like Sunday morning. That is just wonderful. Yeah. I love it. The mound um, bookending my time at EG. Yeah, I, I thought it would be valuable for you to just get get it fully off your chest before you leave us and go on to, to new pastures. So so have have 30 seconds now to sum up all your thoughts on the Marble Arch Mound, Alex. <laughs> I, how many expletives can I fit into 30 seconds? I mean, it was... What a terrible idea. What a terrible idea. I mean, I honestly, this thing is, do you know what? We've done it to death. The mound was <laughs> a really bad idea. Waste of money. It lost. I suppose the interesting, the move on of this story, right, is that it cost Westminster Council, the Conservatives, the election, didn't it? Because they got voted out um, in the local council elections earlier this month. And Labour really, really ran on... Uh, a mound manifesto about how much the Conservatives in Westminster had uh, had messed up. So what I suppose a hill that to is die the lasting on. legacy. What a hill to die on, exactly. Um, OK, so uh, Tim, Pui, apart from Alex's simmering mound fury, uh, what will you miss most about working with him? Pui, you go first. Oh, um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, yeah, I mean, your your Twitter A game has been alluded to um, already. Um, so, I mean, de- that is definitely going to be a miss, but I will enjoy your um, future crypto coverage and showing all of the crypto industry up on your, with your excellent, um, with your excellent tweeting. Um, and yeah, I mean, just the fact that you bring your A game all the time, to be honest. I mean, you're a, you're a great operator and we're going to miss you very much but um very sure yeah. that you're going to smash it in your next role oh thanks please can i just say of, uh, sorry no you, I'm, I'm talking i'm talking i'm talking over you now christ that's really rude god <laughs> this is final episode tim come on let the man speak <laughs> god tim hit me with your worst say, first of all this has been my favorite eg like sunday morning that we've done in ages i want alex to rejoin and leave every week so that this just becomes like <laughs> the groundhog day or the russian doll of podcasting we're just doing this every um every sunday uh, i will miss alex very much his unflappable nature in the face of many of the stresses that come with 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 the day-to-day job um he has always reacted to any any stresses or pressures with good humour, which I think is a brilliant trait for a journalist to have. Uh, I will remember more than anything the iconic moment in one of our morning news calls in which, having pitched some latest deal that he was chasing down, he stopped, sighed, and then said, 
I mean, it's all meaningless, isn't it? This is just people running around splashing money on piles of bricks. (laughs) (laughs) And the fact that he is now leaving that behind to write about cryptocurrency (laughs) is so beautiful. I can't believe it. A moment of existentialism that brought us all crashing back down to earth. (laughs) It was it was wonderful. It was a brilliant moment. (laughs) But he will, Alex. You will you will be missed by the team here. And while I am. Um, while I am furious at my former colleagues at FN for wooing you away, I think you will do you will do brilliant work there too. So best of luck, and we hope you keep in touch with us. Thanks, guys. That's very sweet, and I will of course stay in touch. And eg listeners, this probably isn't the last you've heard of me because I will occasionally write about London and real estate for FN as well. Uh, and I'm I'm hoping, Alex, that uh, the next time some misguided public realm project is announced, that you'll you'll come back for a, a special guest appearance to share your views. I mean, if if you have me, I would love <laughs> to do it. Uh, well, we may have only actually ever been in the same place about three or four times uh, in real life, but uh, as I said, you you were right there at the start of uh, EGLSM, and you've always been such an enthusiastic and articulate uh, participant. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, so. Uh, Thanks to both Tim and Pui uh, for joining us today. And let's throw over to Alex to sign off to the listeners at home. I'm not going to sing, Jess. I'm not going to do what Sam does and sing the theme, sing Easy Light Sunday Morning. Uh, Thanks very much for listening and for reading um, my interminable nonsense in EG and occasional um, piece of uh, worthwhile reporting as well.